Welcome to Prime Alpha's interview series, insights from industry practitioners discussing their journey and their discoveries. Hello, my name is Amanda Jogia, the CEO of Prime Alpha, an online ecosystem bringing together alternative opportunities and their investors. I would like to introduce Kapil Rostogi, managing partner and co-founder of Plus Plus Capital Management, a quantitative trading firm focused on trading futures and options on futures around the globe. Welcome, Kapil. Nice to have you on our podcast. Well, it's great to be here, Amanda. So uh, thank you so much for inviting me. So let's get started. Tell us and walk us through your career journey. Yes, absolutely. I started my career at Merrill Lynch Investment Management in the risk department. This is back in 2003 after graduating from MIT in math and computer science. And Merrill Lynch Investment Management in the risk group was really a, a great team, a great group of people. The problem, though, was that I had a real passion, tremendous passion for markets, and being in risk didn't give any exposure to investing. So I spent every weekend in Barnes & Noble kind of uh, reading investment books. And the funny thing is some people even mistook me for a full-time employee because they saw me there so often. So I could literally tell you to want a book on Michael Jordan. I could tell you, okay, it's in the back right-hand corner, aisle number three. (laughs) And so... Finally landed a job at RG Niederhofer Capital Management, which is a fantastic quantitative hedge fund. And I started off um, as a European execution trader, working 1.30 a.m. to about 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I kind of worked my way up to being a senior quant trader that developed a significant number of money-making strategies. At that time, when I was a senior quant trader, I... Um, got roped into uh, doing some marketing, which I wasn't too um, thrilled about at the time. (laughs) But one of the things actually that I realized when doing some marketing, doing peer group analysis, is that I realized that the risk-adjusted returns of our peers in the CTA space really wasn't very high. And that was the first time, believe it or not, that I actually even knew what the risk-adjusted return of our peers work because I was so incredibly focused on just producing the best risk adjuster return possible for our portfolio that I never, I never even knew what the other CTAs out there were doing. And so it was, it was a real eye-opener for me, Amanda. And I realized then at that point that if I were to create an investment management firm on my own, I could definitely create an investment management firm with a higher risk-adjusted return than the vast majority of our peers. And I had great conviction, and simply because I had already done it. So since day one, my vision was always really to create not a firm that was good at what we did, but a firm that was great at what we did. And there's an an enormous difference (laughs) between being good and being great. And after having played kind of competitive sports my whole life, I understood that difference very, very clearly. So I had some conversations with the head of software development at RJ Niederhofer, who is now my partner, (laughs) and he had the same vision I had, which was really to create a firm which was the absolute best of what we did. So we both left Niederhofer. We spent several years building what I believe to be a world-class technological infrastructure that would allow us to test ideas that many others would have a difficult time testing or just couldn't test at all. And as I say, you know, the rest is history. (laughs) That is so impressive. I have the same saying with my firm. It's like, how do we help people who are good to be great? 
and those who are great to be exceptional. Mm-hmm. So when you find something that you're like, this is exceptional and you can make it, it's kind of amazing. So how do you help your clients? Can you tell us a little bit more about like, think about like, wow, we're going to be exceptional and how do we help people? Yeah, no, great question. So how do we help our clients? So that's something we thought about also, Amanda, from day one. What's our value proposition? So our value proposition is actually embedded in the name of our firm, which is plus plus. The first plus means that we offer a very high, if not the best, risk-adjusted return relative to our peer group. The second plus means that we offer a completely uncorrelated return stream, not only with all major asset classes, but also with all of our peers in the CTA universe. So that's our value value proposition, just to say very succinctly. Now, furthermore, actually, when you do the analysis, we actually reduce the drawdown of a long S&P 500 portfolio. We reduce the drawdown of a 60-40 portfolio. We do reduce the drawdown of a portfolio of CTAs. We reduce the drawdown of a portfolio of hedge funds. So for that reason, just quantitatively, we add significant value to our um, investors' portfolios. So if you think about like you started this firm, and I really see all of our fund managers as entrepreneurs, because you're not only thinking about obviously exceptional investing, but it's like, how do you create an exceptional organization and business? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways that you've pivoted your business since you started? I wouldn't really say we pivoted our business because we had a core thesis. We've stayed very, very much in line with that thesis. Our thesis is we trade based off behavioral biases. And that's something that we'll always do. Why do we trade off behavioral biases? It's because this is what I've been doing since 2003. And this is my expertise. This is what I've been doing for the past 17 years for 10 or 11 hours a day. And like anything else in life, if you do the same thing over and over and over and over again with relentless focus, you will become very good at it. So that's been our core thesis and that's, that, that will be our thesis going forward. So since starting your firm, what do you think you've done right? Oh gosh, what have I done right? I'm glad you're starting with that question rather than what have I done wrong? (laughs) The list of what I did wrong is much, much, much greater. Let's see, what have I done right? I would say our vision from day one, uh, which our vision was formed way back in 2000, literally 2009, 2010. Our vision from day one, which was to be the best CTA out there on a risk-adjusted basis, I can proudly say that when you look at the, um, when you analyze the numbers, we have the strongest risk-adjusted return as per the Calma ratio and the Sortino ratio of all the CTAs in the respective SOCGen CTA and SOCGen STTI indices by a very large margin. So that's one thing we've done right, which is that we had a vision and that vision thus far has been achieved. Obviously a lot more work to do, but definitely our vision thus far has come to fruition. Also, another thing from day one was that um, I'm a strong, very strong proponent. Business culture is of paramount importance. Peter Druckenmiller, the management guru, he has a very famous quote, which I love, which is that culture trumps strategy. And this is an often forgotten aspect of uh, investment management, right? And so from day one, my partner and I, we followed what's called commitment culture. Commitment culture basically means 
you're looking out for the long-term well-being and the long-term interests of your employees rather than kind of viewing them as short-term profit vehicles. And ultimately, in the long run, that kind of yields the best results. <laughs> um, and so, partner and I, we've known each other since 2006. We've gone through a lot of good times, a lot of rough times, and we stuck together. And why do we stay together? It's because, again, commitment culture. We're both completely committed to achieving this vision, and we're willing to sacrifice to attain that. I love the culture aspect of your story. I think it's so important for people to have that vision and the culture. There's one thing that we share very passionately that I just learned about you recently is that we share a passion in mentoring. Yes. So can you, I would love to know a little bit more about your interests and what you do and how you get involved. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mentorship is something that's always been front and center for myself. The challenge has always been, to be honest, time. Managing the hedge fund is my first and foremost priority. But, you know, with that being said, I always make time to kind of do um, mentorship of especially the, the people within our own firm. So mentorship, as the way I practice it is, so first and foremost, I go to the different schools and I give talks. So our office right now is in the Princeton area. I've gone to Princeton several times and been a guest lecturer at their financial engineering school, also at Stevens. They have a great financial engineering program, and I go there on a fairly regular basis, and I give seminars on how to be a quant trader on Wall Street, how to interview, what goes on behind closed doors in an interview, particularly quant interviews, because I used to do a lot of interviewing at Niederhofer myself. I talk about how uh, you can get all the quant questions correct, but you can still not get the job due to what I call other factors. And I talk about what those other factors are, which is very eye-opening to someone who's 22 or 23 years old who may not really understand how the real world or the business world um, actually works, which is something that you don't really learn in school. So that's how I've kind of approached mentorship. And Amanda, for me, it's really personally, it's been very, very fulfilling. It's really hard to really kind of describe it's been personally very rewarding to kind of make a difference in a lot of these people's lives. When I go in and make a talk, I give my personal email address. I tell people, hey, look, if you have a question, feel, please feel free to email me. I will eventually get back to you. <laughs> Don't expect a response tomorrow or even this week, but eventually I will get back to you. And so that's one way I've kind of decided to kind of give back. Um, I've also done talks with uh, 100 Women in Finance. It's another group because, uh, you know, there's definitely a shortage of female investment managers and definitely just a shortage of females in general in the quant trading space as per my experience. And so, again, just kind of, you know, sharing my knowledge, sharing my wisdom as to A, how to break into the industry, which in and of itself is extremely difficult. And then once you actually get into the industry, how to rise in the industry is my kind of core offering at the various schools. That's amazing. I love that. Since I started Prime Alpha seven years ago, was, I always wanted to do mentoring to give young people an opportunity to learn about alternatives because there really isn't a lot of opportunities if you think about it. So for my fund managers out there, if you have any internships, let me know. <laughs> I have a yeah. lot of kids who'd love to intern. But yeah, we did lunch and learns. We did videos. We made them read a book. Like <laughs> But it's like, you go to learn. If you think about it, if you said to someone off the street, what's a CTA? They would have no clue what you're talking about. They have no idea at all. 
<laughs> they have no idea. Yeah. And Amanda, you know, I can tell you what I find really rewarding personally is actually going to lesser known schools, which typically Wall Street firms don't go to recruit. Yeah. I personally find that incredibly rewarding because those students, first and foremost, they don't have access to the same opportunities that someone, let's say, from an Ivy League school would. However, you still have a lot of very talented people who have a ferocious work ethic. And it's those people, and to be honest, only those people who I really want to help just using through guidance. So that's been really personally rewarding for me, especially when several students later on reach out to me and say, hey, look, Kapil, I got this job at Morgan Stanley only because you showed me the way. Obviously, they're being very flattering to me. But for me, it's very, very fulfilling beyond a monetary level. So for me, it's always been a core of kind of what I do is mentoring and just kind of using my knowledge just to hopefully help someone else. And then I tell each person I help, I said, look, when you become managing director of Morgan Stanley, then it's your responsibility to kind of help the next person out. That's your responsibility. That's your cost, so to speak. (laughs) Knowledge is power. Exactly what you said. I personally felt that. Yeah. I was I was the first one in my family to go to college and to wow. have someone like you just tell me that these things are possible would right. open doors like, oh, wow, this is possible. I didn't even know. Right. So absolutely. Powerful. So powerful. Um, all right. I'm going to ask you my favorite question. What is your superpower and why? Oh, <laughs> OK. Well, so I'm definitely no uh, Batman, Superman or Spider-Man or uh, other superhero for that matter. But I will say that I have the same weakness as Spider-Man, which is I I spend a little too much time on the web. I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, No, jokes aside, my superpower, I would say it's my determination. I started kind of doing short-term trading in 2003 based on behavioral biases, and I'm still doing the same thing today. When I first started, I still remember very vividly, Amanda, my first quant trading strategy. We back-tested it. It looked great. We put it in production, and it just lost money. My second quant trading strategy, I back tested it. It looked great. We put it in production and it just lost money. It took me quite a while before I figured out how markets actually work. It was not easy. It was tough. I got laughed at. I got insulted. I got criticized, to say the least. Uh, So I would say that's my strength in the sense, just focus, just relentless amount of focus for a very extended period of time, which the same thing I tell my kids is like, look, if you do the same thing over and over and over again with relentless focus for an extended period of time, you can become world-class at almost anything. And I'm a firm, firm believer in that. So I would say definitely my hunger to be the absolute best at what I do in our own firm being a second place CTA, that's completely unacceptable. <laughs> and I do not want those people on our team who think that kind of being second place is acceptable. Our goal is always to be the best at what we do. And that's what drives us. And that hunger and that drive and that determination to be the best and to do whatever it takes to be the best, meaning making all the necessary sacrifices, I would say that would be my, uh, my strength. It's so in line with what we talked about. It's like you start out, you're struggling, you keep working at it, working at it, and you start getting better. Yeah. And then you're getting better. (laughs) Then you're getting great. And now you're exceptional. Right. 
It takes relentless work. Thank you, Kapil, for your time. Such a fun conversation. Oh, Amanda, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Hopefully I had a few nuggets of wisdom here and there, uh, <laughs> which the viewing audience found a value. It's a great pleasure for me to be on the Prime Alpha podcast. Definitely look forward to hopefully doing a few more podcasts or even a video with you guys in the future. Definitely. I want to delve into like, we should talk about CTA, right? We should delve into it in a little bit more detail. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Prime Alpha's Visionaries and Innovators podcasts. As always, you can head over to primealpha.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out our other podcasts. See you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to purchase any investment or any securities. Listeners should make their own investigations and evaluations of the information contained herein. Certain information contained in this podcast constitutes forward-looking statements. Listeners should not rely on these forward-looking statements. Listeners should bear in mind past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.